Blog Talk Radio. Wow, there it goes. All right, sorry about that. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here with us. It is Monday, June 27th, and that opener is supposed to happen automatically. So if there was a little bit of that pregnant pause at the beginning of this, it's only because that is supposed to just go off automatically. Something got unclicked, so we'll go fix that afterwards. Anyway, it's good to have you joining us with us today. We are uh, the first podcast after the Brits voted to exit the European Union and what an interesting ride this has been already and certainly going to be. We're going to be talking some about that throughout the podcast. Uh, rates are falling, but where is we headed next? I heard someone say we've gone from Brexit to Nexit. What is next? I like that play in words there. So certainly we are going to be seeing some things changing. We now have other countries now following suit. How quickly is this going to happen? Um, yeah. A lot of people ask, what's, who, everyone's out wanting to put out their opinion. I, I personally was for it. I think it was a great move. I think it's about time people start go back to sovereignty. If you could, I mean, it, well, I heard one thing today on, on one of the broadcasts is that when the European Union is telling Brits who love their tea what kind of tea machines they can use and what kind of tea they can sell and start putting that kind of stuff over there, I mean, you crossed all the lines, but it's really the immigration that's been driving this. Uh, and so very interesting. This uh, It's going to be as if we didn't have enough interest going on with just the American election. Now we got all this other stuff going on. So anyway, it's good to have you with us. We appreciate you joining us on this podcast. Got people dialed in from literally all over the country. Good to see you. I see Paul Mollo just made it in. Good to have him on here in just a few minutes. This broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Progress and Lending Innovation Award. Thank you so much to Tony and the group. We also want to say thank you so much for all of you joining, and especially those that are joining in to listen to the hot topic today. Very interesting topic. I'm working with more and more banks, as is Andy and various ones, and they're showing more interest in doing portfolio product. And most people do not realize the opportunities that are hidden in your master policy. So we're going to be talking, yes, you might think it's boring, but for those of you who are looking for opportunities to be able to do some unique products and create opportunities for your business, you do want to you want to stay tuned all the way through to the end to the to the hot topic segment and tune in to Jim Jump, who will be our special guest today, a voice that's very familiar to the podcast. You hear him every week talking about Raystar. We're not gonna we're gonna forego the Raystar because we're gonna have him as the main topic, and it's really talking about what is in your master policy, what you should be looking for to create opportunities. Very exciting, and really focusing on the portfolio aspects of what's going on. Some interesting developments there. Special thank you out goes out to our sponsors, of course, ArchMI, the creator of the Innovative Race Start Program, Motivity Solutions, the leading business intelligence technology, providing real-time reporting, dashboard, and scorecards. Did you see the big news? Motivity sold last week to Black Knight. It was a big announcement. And so congratulations to Tyler and company. 
Uh, we're still missing Todd tremendously. I don't think I'm going to get over that anytime soon. But uh, they have made this decision to sell the company to Black Knight, and it's going to be a very interesting, especially when you look at some of the things developing within Black Knight. So that's the big behemoth behind the scenes on the servicing side. So some interesting things going on there. Uh, Velma, Substantial Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant, is another one of our sponsors. Very happy to have them here. They have that Sit It and Forget It auto campaign, as well as the custom campaigns that are on the fly. You can connect with them at Velma, V-E-L-M-A dot com. Or call my good buddy Brent Emler. Just always fun to talk to Brent at 208-854-7909. Simplifile is another sponsor. Very pleased to have them here with us. Again, when you're looking to connect with lenders, their technology connects you with lenders and settlement agents through a real-time chatting and messaging, allowing you to send and receive and validate documents as well as track changes, obtain status updates, and deal with issues as they arrive in a real-time electronic communication exchange. Very effective tool, especially in this world. Why have we been using that? You know, our industry is a little bit behind the scenes. Well, Simplify will get you up to speed. Check them out at Simplify.com or call one 800 460 Five six seven. Excuse me. Five six five seven. One eight hundred four six zero five six five seven. Why are you there? Ask them about their e-recordings and their automated post-closing service and solutions. Very interesting stuff there. DNH, another sponsor. Are they're the world's most forward-thinking technology company? You go. Yeah, aren't they a big, large strategic company? Well. Yes, they are 140 years old. Yes, they employ 5,500 people. Yes, they have 8,000 clients in 70 countries, but they are far from stodgy. I was just on a conference call looking at what's coming out and being developed and is going to be rolled out here shortly. This company is not only old, long-standing, and but they are being innovative as anything I've seen. Some real cool tools coming out here. Make sure you check out what's going on at MortgageBot.com or call them at one 800 815 Five five nine two, and then finally, the Mortgage Collaborative. So glad to be a part of the Collaborative. It's created by five past presidents of the NBA. It is really what it's, you know in this industry. It's not oftentimes it's what you know, it's who you know, or at least one is as important as the other. And you can check out who how you can become a part of this fabulous, powerful network. And you can check it out at mortgagecollaborative.com. I'm a member of it. I'm very happy that I have. And I tell you, anyone that's a part of this thing is just uh, you're getting to sit down and talk to the top people at Fannie and Freddie. And and it's really, uh, it's an invitational-only thing. So if you have trouble getting invited, let me know. I'll be happy to talk to Rich Zerbinski. He's the guy that does it. Rich Zerbinski. Call him at 440-552-0691. Also, special thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, Paul, Sam, and the crew who makes this program possible. Quick update on upcoming conferences, the 44th Annual uh, CMBA, or California Mortgage Bankers Western Secondary Conference. I'll be at that, and I'll be broadcasting live from the ArchMI booth during this during their uh, conference. And so this program will be in on the July, what is it, the 25th, is that Monday? Is going to be, or the 26th, whatever that Monday is, and uh, July at the end of the month. We'll be broadcasting live from the Westin St. Francis. If you're there, swing by the booth. Love to talk to you. Love to interviewing people when we are live at these conferences. Best special thank you to ArchMI, who's making it possible for me to be there and broadcasting live from this conference. Also, I'll be speaking at the Pure Michigan Mortgage Michigan Mortgage Lenders Association in Traverse City on this August 7th through the 9th. We'll be speaking on millennials in our industry and how you can recruit them and cater to your unique needs. Very interesting side. It's probably one of the talks I'm getting more demand for anywhere else. Of course, the Mortgage Collaborative has their big networking event August 20th through the 23rd at the Four 
Seasons Hotel in Denver. Whew. A lot of stuff going on this summer. It's a hot summer, and boy, with all that's happening, Joe Farr, I look at the Brexit. Now we wonder what's next, it, dude. What you got for us, Joe? <laughs> yeah, ne- next it's supposed to be the Netherlands exit. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Netherlands, and then we have, and you, then you list it, Spain, Idle, next it. And then we'll, then you start playing with uh, that one a little bit, and you come up with all these options. But you we'll know, give us an idea of how. Yeah, we'll get sick of that one. They'll come up with other ones. But man, I, Joe, I was I'm always interested in your segment, but really interested in it today. So looking at the market, got another nice rally going. Tell us what's going on. Well, it's just a continuation from Friday. We're we're up uh, twelve thirty seconds. The uh, stock market's down another two hundred fifty points, and uh, you know it's just a carryover from from Friday. Uh, we are at the best price, mortgage-backed security price level that we've seen since uh, a very brief period in January 2015 when uh, it was at the time the ECB announced their QE program that drove MBS prices very low. And then before that, you got you have to go all the way back to April 2013. And that also happened to be a time when the central banker was making uh, QE decisions. That was uh, the Bank of Japan had announced more QE. ECB was talking about QE. And the U.S. had had not yet started its taper talk, so uh, you know we get those low rates when central banks do things. Now that uh, there's more disruption in the market, we're sure seeing uh, a, a positive impact on mortgage rates. Like I said uh, in the call earlier, uh, if you're an originator right now and you don't own any stock, you're probably pretty happy. Yeah, that's right. Um, so last week, you know, it was a pretty quiet week until Friday. Uh, the, the polls leading up to the vote did cause some uh, volatility early in the week, and Janet Yellen gave her her semiannual testimony before Congress, but that provided a little new information, so it wasn't market moving. And the data that came out last week was mixed. We had very good existing home sales number. It was the highest level since February 2007. And during that month, we set a couple of records. I uh, can't say we, the, the housing industry. Yeah. Existing well, home sales uh, were the highest median home price ever recorded, number one. And then number two, uh, yeah. the the houses sat on the market for the fewest days ever recorded. So, you know, that's a strong uh, indication of an imbalance of supply and demand when prices are going up and and property is getting swept up that quickly. And, you know, we've been talking about lack of demand for a long time. Well, that's certainly a, a, an indication that it's for real. Uh, during the, during the month... I'm looking, uh, at your, I'm looking at your notes here, Joe. I think it's significant to put out the fewest number of days in the market. It's 30, yeah. Is it 32 days? 32. That's, and what that is is from uh, listing to uh, seller accepting a contract. Okay. You know, so it's, it's not, not from closed. listing to close, yeah. but it's yeah, but that's right. that's the time period that's on the market once it's uh, sellers accepted the contract. Yeah. You know, we all know that it takes a while to get a mortgage these days, so that time period's not built into that 32. Thank you, CFPB. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, new home sales fell a little bit. Uh, they were short of expectations. Durable orders during the week were were weak, uh, but that's just a very volatile uh, measure. It's been strong the prior two months. And uh, then we saw what happened when when the British voters created this huge uncertainty. Um, MBS prices rose over half a point on Friday. Uh, they were up more early, and uh, Dow lost over 600 points. So it is a significant event. It's going to take a long time for 
things for it to not be the thing driving the market, I believe. Uh, so Maybe. we're going to see more of it this week. Yep. The uh, economic more. data this week includes uh, some pretty important stuff. You know, core PCE comes out on Wednesday, ISM index comes out on Friday. But again, neither is likely to cause a lot of uh, impact in the market with everyone being so uh, tied up in the uncertainty of the, the British vote. The other data coming out during the week is the third revision to the first quarter GDP. That's just so old information now. Uh, it is expected to be re- revised higher from eight-tenths to one percent. We get pending home sales on Wednesday and construction spending on Friday. One of the things that I wanted to see if you heard, uh, Dave, is really kind of surprising to me was the Alan Greenspan interview. Have you seen I that? I know that. Yes, it I was did. really sobering to hear a, a person yeah. like that say, I'm quoting right now, this is the worst period I recall since I've been in public service. Right. right. That was in it reaction was, I, to, to a question, is there anything you have good to say about things? And he said that. He said it's even worse than uh, Black Monday, October 19, uh, 1987. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah, I heard that, and then I listened to excerpts from it over the weekend. Uh, you know me, I'm podcasting on, if I'm in the yard on Saturday, I'm podcasting, and so I'm listening to it. I listened to more stuff, and then Bloomberg TV has been just fascinating, and they played it several times. So there's been, that really caught the attention of some people, and I heard a couple others that were, uh, that are very ominous, and these are not your typical gloom and doom you know, Harry S. Dent, you know, the sky's falling kind of people. The, I mean, <laughs> Dent's been there for a long time. It's just all of a sudden a lot of other people are showing up with that kind of commentary right now. And it's very sobering. So we think of our kids. We think what's moving forward. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Joe, it's very interesting. But that also, here's the most important part of this whole thing. At times of this kind of disruption, masses, when they follow the mass movement, get clobbered. But those that have a clear strategy, they actually can create more wealth in these kind of moments than any other time. So, I mean, and I look at that, that's a great segue into why people need your service. This, we're going to find out, and we're, I've asked Andy later on the program here to talk a little bit about, you know, markets and uh, hedging strategies and calls, the margin calls. We're going to find out whose hedge is really working and who's just been going through an exercise. And Because it's, you know, nothing, that we haven't experienced anything. And like you said earlier before we started the program, how do you hedge against something like Brexit? How do you anticipate that? I mean, that is um, – so, uh, but anyway, this is going to have some consequences. We're going to see some companies going out of business over this. I mean, that you say, well, that sounds a little extreme. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. so did Greenspan. So, anyway, yeah. so we'll see. Thinly capitalized companies. This is uh, going to be one more pebble in the brick. We need to have stronger capitalized companies for the GSEs, and that's uh, that's voices. That drum is being beaten more and more. Joe, thanks so much for bringing us an update. Good stuff. Sure. Can't wait to have you participating all the way through the whole program. A little bit later on, folks, we're going to be right back after this brief word. Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text. 
text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to mbsquoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. mbsquoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. Ah, good to help. It always helps when I turn up the microphone. Yes, yes. We've got Paul Mollo on dialed in here with us today. So excited. And coming up on deck, we have Alice Alvey. We have Sam Garcia. We've got Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor's in the house. So full lineup. Paul, good to have you here with us. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good. I thought your comments about some companies going out of business uh, pretty interesting. You mean mortgage companies, Dave? Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it. I think there's some calls, margin calls coming here with the volatility, and we're going to find out how their hedges are working. We've seen huh. it before. You know, Paul, you've been in the business for a long time, and I look at the way the cavalier attitude that some companies have taken towards hedging. I mean, we're going to find out whose hedge is working. So I think, I mean, pay attention. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'd rather sound an alarm that there's greater volat- in greater volatility. Huh. You're going to have you're going to find out what works and what doesn't, and I think in that. So I'd rather sound a little bit like an alarmist and wake people up, Paul. So that's part of what we try to do in this program. Oh, okay. So that's the purpose behind it. I mean, I'm being really totally transparent, but I do anticipate that. We've seen it, and I've already talked to a couple warehouse lenders this earlier this morning about some companies that uh, – so when you start doing mark-to-market on this, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, folks, if you want to stay what's happening, go check out imfnews.com. And this is the voice of IMF News, Paul Malo. Good to have you here with us. I'm looking at your first headline, GSE loan repurchase activity fell to the lowest record. I think that's a great report because with these rates falling like they are, hmm, that may have marked the that may have been the low watermark there, and we may see this come back. So, Paul. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I mean, listen. I mean, lenders are you know lenders are not taking chances on the GSE loans. Let's face it. Um, you know, and and all the bad stuff's been either bought back or settled, and um, yeah. you know this okay. should be a good time for lenders. And as you'll notice on our website, there's an ad for uh, Fran- Freddie Mac's, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of their programs. And you know, the GSEs are now promoting their high LTV products. And you know, I don't think lenders are going to do these things carelessly. And then Fannie and Freddie promoting them, and and you know, lenders want to make higher LTV loans. They got the healthy MI industry out there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to those books of be, uh, business that are being written this year and next year. And, um, you know, what happens with – another thing we didn't get into in today's daily, but we've been uh, hinting at and talking about is, you know, you and I have talked about is the FHA, uh, whether they're going to yeah. cut premiums this year. Uh, basically, I'm told not quite yet. Let's see what that audit's like of the MMIF. But you know what? You never know what's going to happen. Uh, sometimes – you know, you get, NBA's got their uh, annual trade show in Boston, the big one. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, there's there's some expectations and anxiety about an FHA premium cut. So, And then number two item, uh, listen, we're talking about Brexit. We talked about it on Friday early on IMF News. You guys are talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. But we should point out, even though the 10 years has fallen, I checked with some uh, brokers, their wholesalers haven't <laughs> exactly cut their rates. Uh, so uh, that's interesting. Uh, we got some. I thought from that Brian was really Redman. interesting. Yeah, and we also talked to Andy Peters, who runs FGMC. Uh, he's you know keeping his powder dry. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this whole Brexit thing. I, I'm no expert on international uh, finances and, and the Eurozone or any of that, and I thought it was interesting your and Joe's comments. You know, what about this whole Brexit thing means? Uh, it is. It certainly is interesting. People should keep in mind that, you know, the U.K. never went on the euro, and I'm sure That's people right. in Great Britain have, are forever grateful for that. And mm-hmm. um, so let's see. I, the stuff about the tea comment I thought was really interesting. Was that you who said something about they, the, the, they tell them what kind of tea they can and can't buy or tea machines? I heard that this morning on the news. I mean, they were talking about as, as yeah. to why some of the reasons are. Obviously, the, the amount of immigration and what they're being told they can do and cannot do is just hit a point where it's just hit all the nerves. But, the, you know, as if that's just insult to injury is, you might say, is a small, insignificant thing. It's more indicative is that the onerous, the, the, the dictates that are coming out of the European Union – back to these sovereign, those that see themselves maintaining sovereignty, wanting that back is the issue. So, no, that wasn't a catalyst, but it just, it, it's indicative of what's going on. The EU is overstepping and, and is insensitive to the sovereign uh, the will of these, of these countries, and I think that's going to have a ramification. That was the point of it. Yeah, so. no, it's interesting. Uh, listen, another story up there, uh, the number three story, a new bill, uh, presses Treasury to research ending the GSC conservatives. Bills are introduced all the time, but we thought this one was uh, sort of interesting. It's basically introduced by uh, Congressman uh, French Hill, who is from Arkansas, and basically would mandate that the Treasury study ending the possibility, uh, study ending the conservatorships of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. You know, listen, uh, it'll be interesting next year after the new Congress. Uh, and uh, White House, we know, is in the White House. What's going to happen with the GSE legislation? Uh, whether that's, uh, any bills are going to uh, start early in the year, or they're going to wait a while before they uh, come out. But uh, that bill's going nowhere. But it's just another uh, piece of GSE legislation. I should point out the reason GSE legislation is being introduced. People think, uh, you know, introduce it now, get your ideas out there, and be a building block for legislation going forward. So. We'll see about that. Mortgage companies uh, move to increase tech spending. That comes from a Fannie Mae survey, all sorts of thoughts about spending on tech and whether it pays off or not. That debate will be ongoing. Uh, we have a MSR deal out there. There's been a bunch of them out there. Uh, Phoenix Capital's uh, floating a $1.08 billion portfolio of Fannie Freddie and some uh, small amount of receivables from the Federal Home Loan Bank of Indianapolis. Short take section, we recently talked to Matt Ishbia of United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, boy, he's he's doing a lot of applications, uh, having a strong month mm-hmm. in May. He thinks June might be their mo- best month ever. We talked to him recently in an email exchange. Flagstar is out there. They want to, uh, they've got res- uh, repro- approval, I should say, from the Federal Reserve to redeem their TARP stock. Uh, they're, I should point out, the second largest uh, wholesaler among the depositories, and so not all the banks have split uh, the wholesale broker function. Uh, we had also talked a little bit about uh, an update on some of the GSE cases. That's there from Carissa. And I should point out, lastly, that uh, MBA has uh, nominated Christopher George to be uh, vice chairman uh, for the 2017 year. I've known Chris a long time. He's a great resource, good guy, always gives me the straight uh, Dope on the market. He uh, runs CMG Financial out in San Ramon, California. He's been doing that a long time. Chris is a real good guy, so I figured I'd point that out. And so that is it for today. Lots of good stuff on your website. Folks, if you're not signed up to receive this uh, this newsletter that comes in every day, market update, uh, I encourage you to do so. Go to imfnews.com. 
and uh, put your email address right at the bottom of their website. I'm on it right now looking at it. Just put your insights, put sign up, and it's there. Paul, thanks so much for coming on and being here with us. Thank Appreciate you. you so much, Brent. Good job. Appreciate it. Appreciate. Have a good week. You bet. I bet you too. Let's run over to Alice Alvey. Alice, good to have you here with all the Brexit talk. I mean, gosh, you know, did, did that really change anything from your world? The legislation just keeps coming. It keeps rolling, keep rolling. Legislation coming at us. Alice, tell us about it. What's rolling at us? Hi, Dave. Right, like we need anything else rolling at us. So there are a few things. <laughs> Nothing dramatically new, but a few things worth watching for sure. So there was an interim final rule. I just want to let you know that this is coming up. The comment period and the effective date, or the comment period ending and the effective date are the same day, which is July 14th of this year. And this is where the CFPB is going to be able to increase civil money penalty maximums. Uh, they did not make their um, increases over the last couple of years. So the bill passed last year. Uh, instructed the federal agencies, including the CFPB, to make a one-time catch-up inflation adjustment to the civil money penalties that they can impose, and this is based on the CPI. And this is based on the year during which the amount of such civil monetary penalty was established or adjusted. So uh, most CFPB civil money penalties uh, vary by law, of course, as you all know, they're not the same. Um, they kind of all go back to the Dodd-Frank Act in part from 2010. So essentially there's a couple of years of catch-up going on here, which means the increase is going to be almost 8.5% increase in the fees, and the amounts are calculated for each day during which such a violation occurred. And they can go back. So the fact that maybe you've already been issued a penalty, uh, once they issue this increase, they will be able to go back and apply this inflationary index. So for those of you who haven't had a penalty, congratulations. You won't see this impacting you. Um, but it just is another note on how expensive this can get. A Tier 3 violation, uh, which is essentially having knowledge of something, uh, the cap on this for each day is a mere million dollars. So. Anyway, you want to keep your <laughs> another reason, another motivation to kind of keep out of that world. Um, then we have Congress uh, considering changing the CFPB complaint database. So this is House Bill 5413 that we are watching. You know, I think as we all know, there's so much going on. Not sure this will get too much attention, but um, I would think as an industry, we would want to get behind all of the complaints that are out there that are really unfounded, unsupported and really cause problems and overhead for companies. So we should really get behind this bill. The CFPB database is really confusing for customers. Not, there's not enough verification uh, that now becomes public that someone can complain about you personally or about your company. So definitely worth uh, trying to get some likes behind that one so we get uh, some improvement there in that database because it's damaging. If, you, if your name appears there or your company's name starts to appear there, it's uh, it's time-consuming and damaging, so you want to get that stuff out of there, get behind that bill. Uh, last but not least, I think uh, there have been enough news notifications, at least for those of you who get your regular feeds, about Fannie Mae postponing uh, DU version 10 implementation. And the big part about this one is that trended credit report. So you'll definitely um, be able to see it, but it won't be a part of your loan decision. So they have delayed that um, probably till about September so you won't be using that trended credit data. That was a small segment of customers that were going to benefit from it anyway. Um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, we are looking forward to that tunnel free revision has been hanging out there to potentially be updated. That's going to get pushed way back 
as everybody's arguing over how many languages it should be published in. So it uh, looks like that is not going to happen as an original date here. It's supposed to be pretty soon. Uh, so that's good news. We don't need another piece of technology we have to implement right now, as I still think some <laughs> companies are trying to still figure out TRID. So <laughs> I will kick it back to you, Dave, and uh, looking forward to the next segment. Yeah, me too. Always looking forward to it. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it very much, folks. We're going to be right back after this brief word. And we've got Sam Garcia on the line and got updates on some of the things he's tracking, folks. Lots of information going on. We'll be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. Yes, and they will. No question about that. Sam Garcia, we've got Sam on the line. Always fun to have him and look at what stories he's looking at. I also encourage you to check out his website, MortgageDaily.com, and the data. I circled that word, data, data, data. He's got a lot of great con- information there. Uh, Sam, good to have you here with us. What you got? I'm looking at your headlines. Lots of good stuff here, too. Give us an update. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of Always stuff that happened this last week. But uh, uh, during the week that ended on June 24th, our mortgage market index dropped 11% from a week prior. And that index, which is a measure of uh, average per user rate locks by open close clients, was up, however, 12% from a year earlier. Now, the biggest decline last week was refinances, which tumbled 14%. But, um, you know, based on some of the discussion and what's going on with uh, Brexit and what happened with rates, refinances are likely to turn around in the next report we have. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this Friday when we put out the next report. Um, But on the other side of that, there's a possibility that, you know, uh, purchase activity can weaken because, you know, that tends not to necessarily move so much with rates. In fact, often purchase activity goes the opposite direction as rates because it's more signaling uh, that things are good and people are more optimistic. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, Fannie Mae put out its June housing outlook, and, um, and it raised its refinance forecast to, to $659 billion for this year is what it expects, compared to $645 billion it predicted in May. And, of course, that's been going up pretty much every month, uh, whether it's the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or or the Mortgage Bankers Association putting out their, uh, you know, economic outlook. So um, I suspect we're going to see more of that ahead, at least in the next month or two. Um, the CFPB put out a report last week indicating that outdated technology has some mortgage servicers uh, falling short on compliance uh, when it comes to mortgage servicing rules. Um, and the CFPB said that this has led to some problems with information about loan modifications and with loan servicing transfers. But the Bureau did acknowledge that some servicers have made significant improvements over the last several years. So uh, just technology really was just the, uh, the brunt of that, that report. Um, it, a, a bunch of industry groups, in fact, more than two dozen trade groups, including the Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, wrote a letter to Mel Watt last week, the FHFA director, um, saying that 
even though risk has subsided on GSE loans, uh, average G fees have soared. Uh, and the groups say that the framework used to set G fees and loan level price adjustments needs to be more transparent. And they're actually asking um, that the GSE LLPAs be eliminated. So it uh, be interesting to see what happens there. Um, a report from Nationwide Insurance indicated that uh, the Harrisburg, Carlisle, Pennsylvania MSA is the strongest housing market in the country. Um, a Where? total of two. Harrisburg, uh, Harrisburg Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, and there were a total of two, two markets in Pennsylvania on that list, and there was also two from Michigan that were on the list. But uh, the other side of that was uh, eight of the ten worst MSAs were in Texas, uh, mostly for energy-related issues, uh, yeah. but there were some bigger markets that are you know, not strong, and that was more related to um, rapid high, uh, house price, price growth recently. So uh, uh, Texas didn't do fare so well on that particular list. Eight of the ten worst uh, markets, as far as that report, were on there in Texas. Uh, Freddie Mac announced last week that it sold more than $700 million in distressed loans. So it continues to chip away at its uh, investment portfolio. Um, the, there was the ResCap Liquidating Trust announced last week that it entered into settlement agreements with 11 correspondent lenders. Uh, these were correspondent lenders with RFC, if you remember that company, kind of the predecessor to ResCap. Um, and these guys faced a indemnity and breach of contract uh, legal actions on behalf of uh, RFC. So uh, uh, we had some settlements there, and there's more actions actually going with that trust uh, that were that could come to some conclusion soon. Um, Aquin disclosed last week that it agreed to settle allegations of False Claim Act violations, um, and those were tied to FHA lending and HAMP activity um, at Homeward Residential. Uh, finally, uh, one other headline I wanted to bring up was that uh, Black Knight reported that 30-day mortgage delinquency inched up just a little bit to 4.25%, but that was more than offset by a four-basis point drop in the foreclosure rate to 1.13%. So um, overall, non-current loans were improved in the latest monthly report from Black Knight, which has a lot of data, of course, that they put out regularly. So th those yeah. are some of the biggest headlines we had last week. You do a great job. I'm looking over this website, and I always am impressed at what you're picking up on. And, and it's just the angle that you have on it. So, folks, if you're not signed up to uh, subscribing to Mortgage Daily, I'm really encouraging to. And the big bonus for me as a result of being an active user here is the data that you get down there. Sam, I don't know where you pick all this up, but you've got a, you, you're doing a great job on this, and I really appreciate you being here each and every week. I mean that, man. You do an awesome job, Brent. Thanks, it. and it's nice to be in a business that I enjoy doing. You know, how often do you get to get in a job <laughs> and that you like doing so much? But And I like being on your show, so thank you. I love having you on, and you do a great job, you can tell. It is a blessing to know that you're doing something you love to do because many, too many people are stuck doing it. Now, that's a whole other program itself, and we're going to do that sometime. Appreciate you, friend. Have a great rest of the day. Look forward to talking to you, you too. Thanks. All right, man, you bet. Well, we talked a little bit earlier about Motivity and the KPI of the week. We normally go to there, but you know, I really want to talk about many people are looking at is this. Some commentary came out. Is what does this mean for Motivity Solutions? We're going to get someone from Motivity to come on a program and talk about this, but usually these kind of mergers are, especially when you get picked up by a company like Black Knight, is going to be 
very good for them and for the technology, uh, especially for anyone who's in the servicing. If you can imagine adding the dashboard features to that Motivity uses in a real-time manner and add that already to the host of uh, LOSs that they're a part of, I tell you, this is this is really good for all the users out there, and I think it would be very good for the employees at Motivity Solutions. I'm looking forward to connecting with them. Needless to say, after the announcement, they were inundated, and so I haven't had a chance to connect with them, and I was traveling part of the time. So looking forward to connecting up with Tyler and Will and the team there and uh, find out all that's going on and, and get the full implications. But I tell you, this is this is very, very good. It's outstanding, very strategic, smart move by Black Knight. Check out Motivity Solutions or call them at 303-721-9000. I think this, is, this move, this acquisition is just one more reason you should sign up for Motivity. Check them out. Look forward to it. Profit Doctor, always fun to have you here with us. And have a doctor Hello, in the house. Good to have you here, sir. What's you happening? That check. Got my stethoscope ready to go. <laughs> well, Dave, so go ahead. I know you've got a webinar coming up. Give us a brief word on that, and then I really want to talk, hear your thoughts about the impact of some of the volatility that could have on the balance sheets. And and so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to Brexit here in a second. So. Tomorrow, mark your calendar, tomorrow we have a technology ROI webinar with the MBA, uh, MBA.org, go to education. And it's all about technology profit. So the real question is how much is enough? How much technology is enough? And what we're going to be talking about is how technology increases your profitability. Learn what the best choice for you is and how to make a proper technology decision and then make it work for you as fast as possible. So in addition to all of that, circling back to what Alice was talking about, we've got the CFPB to worry about because we've got to make certain we follow the CFPB rules. And, and folks may be listening and thinking, well, what does that have to do with a technology selection? Well, it has everything to do with technology selection because you have to justify your selection and you have to comply with the CFPB vendor management requirements for your technology vendors. So we're going to talk all about that. So there you go. That is the update on the technology webinar. So now to the more fun topic, you want me to talk about Brexit? Yes. Yeah, I'm well, really interested okay. in what, what the, the you know a lot of people say. Well, this is a big rally. That doesn't mean there's any interest rate risk or volatility risk. Well, there's always two sides of that trade and the hedge side. I don't think there's anybody better to explain that and how this could create some interesting dynamics for companies that are not on top of their trades. Well, let's think about this for a second. So what what we had happen was uh, volatility that occurred last week. And the focus of a mortgage company's secondary marketing activity is margin preservation because we make money on our locks. We make money when we lock our loan. That's the first thing that we try to accomplish. And then we manage that preservation with our heads position. So that asks the question, does your short position move in tandem with changes in your locked pipeline and warehouse? And, you know, honestly, for the most part, it probably does. These, these top hedge advisors, you know, the alphabet soup of hedge advisors are actually very good at dealing with this and very good at tracking extreme volatility. But the problem is, here's the problem, Dave. Last week, People saw a lot of uncertainty. And so last week, we had a lot of locks. 
people locked their loans. I'd love to hear Sam's comments on the lock volume last week compared to the previous week. So what's going to happen now is that we had a bunch of people lock their rate last week because they saw the volatility happening. And from last week to this week, what's happened to the MBS current coupon is it went from 102 to 103. So what that means is that interest rates dropped about 30 basis points in a week. So everybody that locked last week is going to be calling their company, calling their originator and say, why did you let me lock last week? You should have, should have known I should wait. So I want you to give me the new rate right now. And so what's going to end up happening and if is you we're don't, going to have a term. And if you don't, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. So everybody's right. going to have to give free float downs, like 30 basis points in rate, like a full 1% gain on sale give up in order to keep their locked pipeline. So I think the biggest risk from this, and be curious to hit, get Joe's feedback on it too, our biggest risk is relock risk, and that's going to mean reduced gain on sale next month because these new, yep. new locks aren't going to close yet, but our gain on sale is going to go down by maybe even a point on all the volume locked last week, potentially. Yeah. So that's, what I, that's my thoughts on that, Dave. Yep, that's exactly where I wanted you to go. It's what I anticipate. I wish we were going to set up a hot topic segment where all of us just come around and talk about some of this. But I think more volatility is in the mix, so we're going to be checking it out. Thank, thank you so much, Andy, for tuning in, being here and part of it. Looking forward to getting well, over to Jim Jump and getting that going here. Appreciate you, friend. Safe sure, well, maybe next segment. week Sam can let us know. Oh, thanks, Dave. Well, maybe next week Sam can let us know about lock volumes this past week so we can get a better beat on what this impact is going to be for everybody. Thanks, Dave. Sam's still on the line, so I'm sure he's hearing this, and I will see if we can't get him to search that out because he does have some great data. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it so much. Sure. Folks, there's Thanks, so many Dave. things we could go out to and to do here uh, at this point, but I really want to allow plenty of time for Jim Jump, who's uh, just – you hear the voice of Jim every week. He's the gentleman who talks about the innovative RateStar program that ArchMI launched. Uh, we're really pleased to have him here as our special guest. Again, Jim Jump is uh the vice president the vice president of marketing and of marketing and product development for of Arch Mortgage Insurance Company located there in the Bay Area. It's so good to have him here. I've known Jim going back forever. I mean, Jim, I think my knowledge right. of you goes back to your Irvin Ir, Irwin days. You, oh yeah, back there. to uh Irwin Union Bank, Irwin Financial. Those were uh yeah. those were that was a long time ago. I think uh, all the way back to the first or uh, the liquidity crisis in '97. Some time ago, we, we we first met is because we were looking at uh, selling the company, and and you you company came in, took a look at it, and you were part of that group that came in, yep. and kicked the tires. So it was that's when we first met. I've respected you ever since. Some of the most insightful questions, and I tell you, Arch Mi is very fortunate to have you there. You've also surrounded yourself with Shawnee and a number of other people that are just outstanding in the marketing team. And it's so fun to go speaking at all these conferences around the nation. I love your sales force, Jim. They come forward and they oh, they're introduce fantastic. themselves. I seek them out. I don't know who's doing the hiring there in that group, but, man, they're doing a great <laughs> job. And you can tell they're well-liked and well-respected everywhere out there. So it's really good to have you here with us, and we're normally talking about the Innovative Rate Star Program, but today I really want to focus in on the opportunities for portfolio mortgage originators. And we have a lot of independent mortgage bankers listening to us. They go, I can't portfolio stuff. Well, you know a bank to talk to, and you can get some coverage. So I really want to dive into that. So let's let's talk about those opportunities 
for portfolio mortgage originators. And if we can figure out a way to mix in how independent mortgage bankers can benefit from that, then let's do so. Go for it. Well, well, absolutely, and thanks, David. And, and the, the respect goes both ways. And again, uh, working with you and listening to this program, it's it's so valuable. The information you and your whole team give to the industry. So, thanks again for that. That's just awesome. Um, and it, it is a good topic to talk about, and, and almost especially for for any portfolio lenders in Harrisburg, uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, where uh, that's a strong market for for uh, at the moment. Um, what we want to talk about is the difference between GSE master policies and a non-GSE master policy. But first, I want to lead into it by talking about uh, just how homeownership has played an important role in the growth of our nation's economy. And as we all know, there's projected growth for the coming year. Um, while most originations today conform to the GSE underwriting standards, there are a lot of creditworthy borrowers out there that simply don't qualify for a conventional loan program under Fannie or Freddie, and they might seek a portfolio loan from a portfolio lender. And, and as you know, that's where, that's where mortgage insurance really offers an effective way to ensure access to home ownership, especially with standard GSE products, including first-time home buyers uh, while providing lenders, both large and small, you know, a competitive and affordable, readily accessible way to, to reduce credit risk with private capital. Um, lenders, borrowers benefit from MI's transparent pricing. We've talked about RateStar, especially credit terms. And MI enables lenders to provide borrowers right there qualification and cost information at the time of application. Lenders have the option of having MI companies underwrite the loan for MI, giving the lender even more added confidence to make that loan. Uh, further, if the borrower experiences financial hardship, well, the MI companies out there work really hard with the servicers to help the borrower avoid foreclosure through loan modifications or other loss mitiga uh, mitigation alternatives. But now let's just talk about the role of a mortgage insurance master policy. And I know that might not be the, the hottest topic, but it's an important topic that actually is more interesting than it sounds and, and really is how many mortgage lenders really understand their master policies for mortgage insurance and do they recognize the implications for their business? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, it really does. Alice? Well, yeah, every mortgage lender, you know, has to subscribe to a master policy for each insurer that they work with, but they probably haven't read the documents closely, right? You're talking about an awful lot of fine print, and they're probably just going, okay, I signed one of these for some other XYZ company. This one must be <laughs> identical to that because it's all regulated, and somebody just signed it because I don't have time for this, right? So, you know, are they all pretty much alike? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and, and they are pretty much all alike because the GSEs reformed the master policy requirements uh, a couple of years ago for GSE-approved uh, loans. Uh, all, so all the uh, MI companies basically have the same master policy when selling to the GSEs. These require lenders to originate within the GSE guidelines, which, of course, makes sense for, for the industry. But what about prime quality loans uh, for borrowers whose loans fall out just outside of the GSE box? You know, that's what we're really talking about here. So the lenders are leaving this is on the table because it doesn't meet the GSE guidelines? Yeah, exactly. So if you have the, the uh, capacity to be a portfolio lender, you could be losing out on opportunities in your market, definitely. Um, you know, things about what about millennials? I know that term is a little played, but what we're looking at is younger homeowners coming up and, and their student debt. Um, how does that impact their DTI? Or what about jumbo loans in, um, in areas like San Francisco and New York that have very large uh, uh, median home prices? You know, these are all growth markets, and it's exciting and it's good business and it's smart business for lenders who have the portfolio facilities to stay competitive. 
So, Jim, give us a solution. All right. So, so what ArchMI offers is a powerful solution to portfolio lenders to provide MI options um, uh, to borrowers, reducing their exposure, the lender's exposure, to payment default risk on portfolio lend, uh, loans. So uh, the company called Arch Mortgage Guarantee Company uh, has a, a product called Portfolio Power, and it's able to provide credit loss protection on prime, standard, and non-standard qualifying loans, including jumbo loans that exceed the GSE limits, portfolio loans, loans held in a real estate investment trust, loans intended for private label securitization, and you know even non, uh, non-QM loans. Jim, is the Portfolio Power product different from ArchMI, or is it part of the ArchMI mortgage insurance company? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got Arch Mortgage Insurance, uh, which is the the company, and and, uh, um, AMGC, or Arch Mortgage Guarantee, is part of the ArchMI family. Uh, ArchMI continues to support customers through our standard master policy that ensures GSE-approved loans. And Arch Mortgage Guarantee Company, again, also called AMGC, it offers a master policy to ensure loans not intended for sale to the GSEs. So with an AMGC master policy, lenders have more flexibility if they want to explore new loan products, new loan programs, um, for those with the capacity, again, to keep those loans either on their books or for private securitization. It means a vastly enhanced portfolio lending uh, capability. You know, I'm a regular on Fox, and I keep getting asked this question. Dave, are we heading off another cliff? Are we getting (laughs) starting to loosen credit standards and to the point where it's taking on greater risk? How How would you respond to those that are saying, this is taking us back to places we've been and we don't want to go again. Well, that's a great question. I get asked that same question uh, just like you do, whether it's uh, with customers or at conventions. And the answer, of course, is, is no. That's not the direction we want to go. We've all been there before. We know what goes down that, uh, what happens if we go down that road. What this does is, is it provides a unique opportunity um, for, for portfolio power insurance uh, or portfolio uh, insured products. Lenders not only reduce their risk of exposure, but they enjoy what's called a day one rescission relief. So they're protected even further in case of default. They also can have the confidence knowing AMGC is also Moody's highest rated mortgage insurance company. That's very important, especially on the secondary market. Now, what's most important about this, Dave, is it's crucial for lenders to understand the differences between an arch mortgage guarantee master policy and the standard GSE approved master policy used by all the MI providers in the industry, including ArchMI. So those are the key uh, aspects we just want to explore a little bit and make sure portfolio lenders understand the power of uh, portfolio power. Uh, the key differences are based on the grounds or things that an MI company uh, can use for rescission and the rescission limitations requirements or conditions that limit the ability for an MI company to rescind. And there are basically five general grounds for rescission that exist in uh, most of the GSE-approved master policies today, and they're borrower misrepresentation, value variance, origination error, first-party misrepresentation, and finally, pattern activity. Now, I can explore and unpack those if you'd like. Um, yeah, if you would. But those you would, are the five areas. Unpack that a little bit. That would be good. If you could just give us a little yeah. insight into one of them. We have an and understanding, again, yeah. but as it relates to portfolio. No, and completely, uh, and thank you for that opportunity. And uh, for all your listeners out there, you know, hold on through these definitions because they're important for you to know as a lender, especially as a portfolio lender. You know, borrower, misrepresent- uh, borrower misrepresentation, uh, that's a tongue twister, uh, is <laughs> basically any statement or 
by a borrower in connection with a loan in which is false or misleading. You know, for an example, if the occupancy of the, of the property uh, is not of, by the borrower. Uh, value variance is the difference between the value between the origination appraisal and the properly prepared review appraisal done after the close if it reveals a significant difference between the value at origination okay. and retrospective value. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know the, the third is uh, called origination error or loan quality error, and that's a mistake or oversight or illegitimacy in the origination of a loan with respect to, excuse me, the underwriting review or approval. Um, that's a little more fuzzy. Could you give us a quick example of something like that? Does anything come to mind? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that would be a um, that would be something where if somebody uh, did the income or underwrite the, wrote the income down or put the income uh, down by mistake and it was an origination error and was found yeah. after uh, the loan was reviewed, um, okay. maybe numbers were transposed and it, and it slipped through or something yeah, along so it those wasn't lines. An, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't an intentional misrepresentation. There may have been exactly. There's, it's an error. It's it's an it's incorrect. That's good. 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 That's it, it, exactly. That's that, that's correct. Um, and then the you've got the bullet. standard. Yeah. Then you've got the the old first party misrepresentation. And and that's of course that's that's uh, you know outright fraud. That's where any statement by the lender or its agents in connection with a loan, whether it's a mistake or intentional, is false or misleading. Right. So this is the difference between mar- borrower mis- misrepresentation, which is sometimes referred to as third-party misrepresentation and then and then last last is pattern activity which is just a a pattern of misrepresentation omission of data uh, uh inaccuracies involving involving multiple loans or multiple people you know those are those are uh, red 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 flags or grounds that we can re- yeah. uh, rescind that's that's very interesting. So let's let's continue on in this in this vein. Drill, drill into the list a little bit more. Some of the other uh, limitations. I think you mentioned yeah, there's so, five other limitations. Yeah, and in the those first five, those are called the grounds an MI can re, uh, rescind for. And then you've got the conditions under which an MI can rescind. So you've got the grounds which we just talked about, and then you have right. to have the conditions. And there are five limitations that constrain or limit an MI com- MI company's right to rescind. Um, and those are credible evidence, materiality, causation, intent, and duration of uh, liability. Um, and let me just explain what, what those are really quick. Um, you know, credible evidence is observable, um, something uh, or, you know, believable facts sourced from the official documents and sources um, given by the borrower under oath. Um, that's credible evidence, right? Uh, materiality, in other words, uh, did the error or misrepresentation make a difference? Uh, in the MI decision or, or to insure the loan. So if, the, if you made an error and it was something simple like um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head where it was something immaterial about the type of car the person might have had or the, the bank account that they had was listed in the wrong bank and not the, the other bank, but the, right. but the facts were, were, um, were still there. It didn't cause a, a problem or default in the loan. Then there's causation uh, and to the extent which the grounds for rescission cause direct harm to us, the insurer. Then there's intent. Uh, which is to the extent which a party meant to cause harm, right? This is, it wasn't an accident. Right. They actually had in, intention to commit fraud. Um, and then last is duration of liability. And this is the time period which uh, within the rescission liability exists for the insured uh, policyholder or the lender. 
great information there. I want to just go back <laughs> and study those because we. Well, it, it, I, I would. I would. I, I know it was a lot of <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully, you know, I'm glad you're taping this so we can memorialize this. So, uh, you know, back in the yeah, days yeah. in the early '90s when I was an originator, this would have been good information to have uh, to just understand, yeah. uh, you know, how a master policy works. Now, with the exception of the pattern activity, GSE-approved master policies provide re- uh, rescission relief after 36 months of timely payments, and and then they can also get early relief, such as a 12-month relief period, uh, may be granted by some of the MI companies under some GSE master policies with, uh, with a requirement of the originator or the lender to deliver post-closed documents for independent valuation uh, by the MI company. So that's how they can get slightly earlier relief, uh, reduce it from 36 to 12 months. Perfect. Let's get Andy Shell in the dialogue here. Hey. Profit Doctor? Jim, Profit doctor. thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Man, I'm happy to be here, Andy. Gotta clean my brain out here a minute. Credible (laughs) evidence, causation, like what? Where's my dictionary? So, (laughs) you know, what the heck? Boil it down for me from a practical, you know, rubber meets the road. What does all this mean? Well, yeah, and that's 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 a great great question. It's really technical, big words sometimes, um, and we want to get down to now that we have an understanding of the grounds versus the limitations versus the relief periods of most GSE master policies, um, let's review how much more powerful the Arch Mortgage Guarantee master policy is for portfolio lenders or ArchMI customers. This allows a much greater opportunity for originating loans that are that are held in portfolio to promote homeownership or growth. And the first aspect of that difference is ArchMI offers the first and only master policy offering true day one rescission relief through Arch Mortgage Guarantee for everything that we just talked about except first party uh, re- misrepresentation. And, and that's that second, that Arch Mortgage Guarantee uh, master policy has the one and only one ground for rescission in contrast to the five grounds that we just talked about for a GSE master policy. Um, so that ground for rescission is first-party misrepresentation. This ground of first-party misrepresentation imposes more limitations on the MI company, which is us, or ArchMI, uh, including credible evidence, materiality, which are consistent with GSE master policies, but additionally, the MI company must prove causation or intent that an originator was willful in their intent to harm. And unlike GSE master policies where the MI can rescind for first-party misrepresentation for the life of the loan, under Arch Mortgage Guarantee master policy, we are prohibited from rescinding for a first-party misrepresentation after five years. Wow. Okay, so now... (laughs) Okay, so let me get all this straight. And, and, and just so the listeners know, this, I, I have this first question already written down, but I want for everybody to know that this is Jim Jump, but his real name is Clark Kent. And here's why. <laughs> so, oh, Jim. Uh, cat's out <laughs> so, of the bag. <laughs> so, so, why, so why is this important to mortgage originators? And how does the Arch Mortgage Guaranteed Master Policy help foster sustained home ownership. Well, again, Ta-da. that's what it's all about, right? I mean, we're exactly. we're 
we're all origin. We're in the the mortgage business where origination is, is our lifeblood. We want to help home homeowners uh, uh, get into homes, uh, get in sooner if that's good. We want to do it in a responsible manner. And portfolio lending is carefully controlled by the lending institution. And by adding Arch Mortgage Guarantees mortgage insurance, portfolio lenders can have confidence that they are able to provide borrowers with non-GSE programs to meet the borrower's needs or the needs of the market while reducing their own risk exposure um, to borrower default. And portfolio loan solutions insured by Arch Mortgage Guarantee allow lenders to create those programs uh, that could provide opportunities, say for jumbo loans or maybe extend a DTI slightly higher to accommodate student debt um, or lower coverage offer, uh, uh, options compared to the GSE loan programs, which might be able to reduce a monthly payment. Um, so those are, those are some of the powers uh, of the uh, Arch Mortgage Guarantee Master Policy. Wow, did we could go uh, on and on about how this could be so helpful. I understand. This is great. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. And, and I'm, I just want to throw in, anyone looking to figure out how to get into portfolio lending and the risks of it, you, you need to get a hold of Andy Shell. He can walk you through that. And I know the first thing you'll be doing is recommending ArchMI's uh, uh services on this so let's it's clear that not all master policies are created alike and i would like to have you you know get in a little bit of benefits beyond you know to the to everybody and other than the current market that are beyond the current market yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, ArchMI created Arch Mortgage Guarantees Master Policy to provide unique and innovative mortgage solutions uh, to portfolio customers. Um, I mean, there's simply no uh, more certain or no more powerful coverage available to protect and enable portfolio lending. I mean, that's, that's the, the bottom line. Well, there's you know you do an amazing job there, and for I want to, a lot of people are saying I would like to learn more about this, and so the best way to, for them is to get a hold of your local representative, the local representative in their market. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's you know just as we started this conversation, um, we have a, just a brilliant uh, sales force out there. They're so experienced, and they they are really hands on. They want to help everybody that uh, is interested in this product. Uh, they can you can go to archmi.com. That's archmi.com if you're a credit union archmicu.com and you just click on contacts all the salespeople's uh, information is there please reach out to them they'll be more than happy to to walk you through the benefits here and take the notes from this program say i need to have you go through causation and value variance and could you also explain to me your very view of origination errors and first party mis- i mean i just just test them they're a sharp group of people so <laughs> they are a sharp did- sharp group of people uh with plenty of experience uh they'll be able to get you all the information that you need and uh, I've really enjoyed being on the program. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I just love the opportunity. And, and David, we'll see you uh, at the Western Secondary coming up here as well. Looking forward to that. I really am to be in the booth with you. And if anyone's attending the conference, come on by. I would love to put the. You know, don't don't worry if you walk up to the booth. We won't force a mic you to have a mic in your face. But if you would like to. Love to get your comments on what's going on. Jim, thank you so much for taking out the time. A special thank you also to Shawnee and, and the, the the whole group and everyone there that does such an amazing job at your company. And, and likewise, Alice, Andy, thank you as well. Thank you guys so much. 
Yeah, the Joe and the group. And all Joe, they, too, they yes. I can't forget yeah, Joe. Joe and his MBS can't quote. Thank it. you, Joe. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. He's, he's stuck in the Brexit area anyway. He's watching the market. Yeah, he is. So anyway, he is. Good, to have you with, good to have you with us, Jim, and do wish you the very best and look forward to seeing you there in San Francisco. But, folks, do check out and get a hold of your local ArchMI representative. Again, not all master polities are alike when you really start looking at the options and what they can, these uniquenesses. So go back and listen to this podcast. A lot of great information here. Appreciate you being with us. Next week is the 4th of July. I'll be doing a broadcast, be inter- hopefully interviewing a couple of in- people I'm going to be interviewing with this week. I'm going to be with Toby Harris of Movement Mortgage this week. Looking forward to capturing some comments. We'll hopefully place some of those on air next week. Appreciate you being here. Then the week after that, we've got Alan uh, Weiss coming back on, talking about some new and things, really interesting things as it relates to product development. Then we're going to have Logan Moshami talking about the housing market with all the stuff going on. And, of course, then we're going to be in San Francisco at the secondary conference. Lots of things coming up, so be sure to tune back each and every week. Appreciate you telling others about this podcast. It's grown to over 400,000 downloads because you have shared it with others. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. See you back here next week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Elvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening.